0: Walk a bit. <laughs> Excuse me. Hey, friends. Welcome back to Non Cultured. My name is Ronnie Barrier. Across from me, as always, is Gary Vanderwiel. You okay over there? Uh, yeah. I'm just messing with effects Stroking on the out? board. It's fun. We are in a new location. We are. We're in your conservatory in your house, as I've chosen yes. to call it.
1: Welcome to my library.
0: I am surrounded by instruments. Um, we're still ghetto over here, and so you've actually got your mic stand clipped to your keyboard, which you've dragged yep. across the room.
1: This is the only thing I would use the keyboard for. That's true. I am not a piano player. I stand for other things. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, we've got some fun things to talk about today. It might be a little bit of a shorter episode, or maybe not. I can never really tell, but we're a bit pressed for time.
1: Things will happen, and we'll say stuff, and, you know, change lives. You've
0: just defined a podcast. Yes. We say things, stuff happens. Yep. Look at that. Um, I have my first topic, Gary. I want to talk about God of War on PS4, Ooh. Um, because everyone and their mom, or appropriately everyone and their dad, is talking about God of War right now. Oh. Um, if anyone doesn't know, it's on the PS4, and it is a uh, continuation of a series that started on PS2. Uh, some people could call it a reboot, but it's the same characters.
1: All the way back when.
0: Yeah, or the same character, um, just taken into another uh, pantheon of gods. In the original series, he was... Uh, a Greek soldier who turned into a Greek god and pretty much killed the entire Greek pantheon. So he's out
1: of gods to kill.
0: Yeah, so he moves on to a new one. He's now in Norse mythology, so we've got Thor and Odin and all those.
1: Okay, um, event- I mean, this, this series could go on forever because eventually he'll get to the yeah. Hindu
0: gods. And- yeah, p- people have made the joke where he's just going to kill everyone here then go to the next one. Um, but the, the direction I kind of want to take this talk, the way I found it to be um, most interesting is uh, the combat and stuff is fun, the exploration is cool, but I I really love what they do with the character because people's complaint about uh, Kratos, the main character, from the last games is that he was just too one-note. He's just angry all the time.
1: Like stereotypical video game villain, main character. It
0: was definitely a time and place uh, thing, you know, when it came out, it was like early 2000s on PS2, and uh, that was all the rage is, you know, anger, teenage boy kind of fueled angst. Um, the thing I really appreciate about that is they didn't just make a new character. They, what they did was take a character whose past was, uh, pretty much just earmarked by brutality and anger and blaming other people for his problems and bringing him into a more modern setting, not in terms of modern, like, you know, it's still old Norse Norse mythology, but modern sensibilities in terms of writing and things like that. And they, they, they do a fantastic job with it.
1: Why do you think they wanted to to make him a, a character, as opposed to he's a clean slate? He's like a mask that you, that the player inserts himself into. Yeah, and you know what I mean. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, like like just like a, a it's, blank avatar. One of the things that made Spider Man great was he puts on the mask and he's anyone. Yeah, you, know, you could be Spider Man. Like you don't have to look like him. You he puts on the mask and whatever, and you are. Or like Master Chief with Halo. You know, he's like a a kind of the nameless, faceless guy for yeah. the first couple games. You know, he doesn't have much of a story. It's like you, you kind of yeah, put yourself into that. I mean, origi- role.
0: originally on the PS2. I mean, it was the time of character action games. So you've got you know Dante from Devil May Cry. You've got uh, Kratos. I mean, these games were earmarked by their strong central character. I need to stop saying the word earmark. Um, makes me think of politics. That makes me sad. But um originally it's because i i think just uh first of all if it was you doing the actions in those games it would have been even more disturbing because if you watch the games in the first series i mean he is ripping people's heads off and you can see like like strands of his skin and muscle like like piece by piece slowly ripping off someone's head like it is you just you've you've never ripped someone's head off not in that manner no or i do, i do it quickly m- but metaphorically it is slow and disturbing and uh And, I mean, all the character was was anger. Uh, But what they've done in the new games is not ignore that past because the the director of the game, Corey Corey Barlog, has given a lot of interviews around this time. And he said they don't want to forget their past. They don't want to – they said it felt like cheating to just start with a blank slate and move forward. They wanted this character to have baggage because that's an interesting place to come from. Um and he's got a kid in this new one that's it's so many years removed from the last game that they won't tell us, but he's a god he's immortal it's It's a long time from the last game. He now has a cat uh, a kid, and his kid doesn't know about his past like that first sound like you said he now has a cat the kid can i think summon a cat at some point um but the the cool thing about it is that the person i mean if if you're familiar with the older games, the person playing the game. Knows what Kratos' past is. Knows he was tricked into killing his family. You know, all... he Like, literally, he's, he's pasty white because Ares, the god of war, like, grafted his family's ashes onto his body. So he could never forget, like, the monster that he was. So, pretty messed up. Yeah. But his kid in the game, in in this new god of war, doesn't know about his past. Doesn't know that he killed his family. Doesn't know uh his father is Zeus that he doesn't even know he's a god he just thinks his dad is strong and the kid has lived in isolation doesn't know that other people's dads aren't this strong uh his like his sense of he reality me, my dad could beat up your dad right you know his his dad flips a temple and he's like oh yeah that's just normal um he literally like bicep curls a temple and flips it up over he's up, like i'll be that down. strong someday right and so uh it's a great it's just a great mechanism for for a very interesting character work because you can see i mean I, I don't want to get into any spoilers because the the revelations of who's in this game and, and how the story plays out is one of the, the the biggest joys of it but it's a story of a man trying to forget his past but still being too proud to kind of open up to his son and take that responsibility of being a parent because then he would have to admit that the kid means something to him Because his entire life has just been, you make me mad, I kill you. But Mm -hmm. now it's like, he's fighting for someone else rather than just his own anger. Um, And it is like some of the most interesting character work I've seen in a game in a long time. Probably since maybe The Last of Us. Did you cry? Yes. But that's, I mean, is water (laughs) wet? (laughs) Yeah. If a game has good characters, I'm probably gonna cry at some you don't point. baby Ronnie. Oh, don't you even start. You're you're a bigger crier than I am.
1: Hey, no fat jokes allowed. Don't fat shame me. We just worked <clears throat> out. I would never fat shame you.
0: You can lift so much more than me. Um no, I, I finished a few days ago and this game also has gotten me way more interested in uh Norse mythology. Um Something I didn't know is that the Marvel movies uh make it a lot cleaner, not not only in like, you know, there's tons of sexual stuff in in any kind of mythology. You know, Aphrodite is split out of Zeus's testicle or whatever it was in, in Greek mythology. Um, but uh the uh The fruit of my loins. The Norse mythology just it paints Thor especially um as just this incredibly evil, vile person um and this uh, this isn't specifically in the game but uh something that was really cool that i found out about norse mythology there's something called the, the world serpent who is in the game it's just this giant snake that circles the whole world um and like is that at the beginning or end of ragnarok which is the the norse version of the apocalypse thor hits this snake so hard he sends him back in time and so it's the you know the serpent eating its own tail is the sign for you know infinite eternity or or things like that there's a there's a bunch of weird stuff with time in that um it's both the first time that this mythology has happened but it's also happened many times it's it's weird um but there's a book by Neil Gaiman called Norse mythology which I which a lot of people are reading now because of this game that I think uh I don't know I'd, I'd have to look more into it I think it and it's like a narrative story, but using the characters in Norse mythology, which I could find super interesting. But um, yeah, I'm learning a lot about uh, just how I'm trying to find the right way to phrase this in that this game is a more than any other game I've seen in a long time inhabits a setting really well. And it's not, it's not beating you over the head with, with exposition. Like, here's what happened. Here's the story. It's... Like you, Last
1: of Us level type of... Right.
0: Like, you, you see the effects of what's happened by, yeah, by the environment and by other people's reactions. And you can kind of surmise things that happened without them
1: telling you specifically, which I really appreciate. That's always the, the best but probably the trickiest part of world building. You know what I mean? It's like you watch, like, Star Wars, <clears throat> A New Hope... And for the first time, it's like a new world you're stepping into, but it's so like lived in and old and like tarnished in places, but there's references like to past histories and characters get that there's something like, like Obi-Wan makes a reference to the Clone Wars and it's not the Clone Wars. What is that? Well, let me explain this to you. Yeah. So that's always like the, probably the hardest part, but also a really rewarding part of world building.
0: Yeah. I think it takes a lot of humility on the part of the writers too.
1: It's like, yeah, it's like, I have all this story, but I yeah. don't want to just regurgitate it on you. Here's
0: this awesome story that I've constructed <laughs> yeah. that someone may never, ever find out, but you have to do that legwork in order to make it a, a believable place to to inhabit. Um, and, I mean, there's ways to do that in the game. Like, there's... You can open boards that have, like, um, like histories. They're both histories and futures that the Giants foretold, because the Giants are the ones who have, like, the soothsaying, future-telling ability. Um, or they have... Uh, there's one character who's actually uh, just ahead for most of the game. Um, he he kind of hangs on your belt and just knows a lot about. He's the character who pretty much knows everything about everything, and not he's just the, Norse mythology it's like Greek mythology as well.
1: Like the omniscient narrator,
0: right? Uh, he's also very funny, and since he's on your belt, if someone's attacking you from behind, we're like, "Hey, behind you!" We'll just, we'll <laughs> yell at you, which is which is really cool. Um, and I, I, I can get to the gameplay more in a he's minute. He's like a Wheatley, pretty much. Yeah, from um, Portal yeah but uh having a character who lives in that world but at the same that that the head character i don't want to say who it is but having a character who both lives in that world and is a product of that world but also is kind of outside of it since he knows everything about it he's omniscient in that way is another very interesting like uh way that writers can get that information in there it's like well let me tell you about the story that may have happened but actually is informing everything that we're doing but may not have happened and it it's a it's a weird line to walk, but they do it very well in a way that it makes me want to learn more about this world rather than just so be the narrator
1: like walks the line of this is mythology, it could be truth or right i mean the this is a game in which
0: both the Greek gods and the Norse gods exist, and so it's kind of it's kind of not exactly clear in like well are they um like omnipotent gods or how do they how can there be two creation myths are they the same myth just in different parts or things like that so um i don't know like he could be talking about the future or he could be talking at the about the past but you're not really sure and neither is he it's just the way that the cyclical nature of of the of how things work and it it almost raises more questions than it answers which i that's my, one of my favorite forms of storytelling is uh let let the the consumer figure out exactly what they're talking about yeah um so I don't know. Any more questions about the
1: about the story or things like that, or should I just move into like gameplay? It sounds fun. I guess it sounds really interesting and cool. Yeah. And I'm so mad that I <laughs> two years ago decided to buy an Xbox One as opposed to a PS4. Yeah. Because <laughs> Spider Man's going to be PS4. The show is on PS4. God of War is PS4. And yeah. Like. I thought we were moving past the the time of console exclusives. Yeah. But no.
0: Yeah, that's a bummer. I'm I think Xbox is setting up both the infrastructure and like the ability to have like way better first party stuff in the future. Just what they're doing like the Xbox Game Pass, like any first party game that comes to Xbox, if you're a part of that service, you get to play automatically. You don't even have to buy it. They've got all the backwards compatibility stuff, they've got the crossplay with PC. Um, but just the the first party games just aren't coming. Yeah. like
1: that's like that's my gripe is is the machine itself is fantastic. It's yeah. just the yeah. games that aren't actually, coming I, that I want to play. Yeah, I I had an Xbox One and
0: actually I sold it to pay for my engagement ring for oh, my life. true love. Um, I might sell
1: my engagement ring to buy a PS4. My wedding ring. I don't have an engagement ring. My, so my wife's engagement know. ring. Uh,
0: you've got, like, several guitars here. You could sell a few of those and get Yeah, a PS4.
1: that's, like, there's only one that has any value over there.
0: You know what we should have done? I used, like, part of my fun money in my video game budget for this month. Um, and I also traded in my old PS4 and got a PS4 Pro. Actually, for God of War because it's such a gorgeous game. Um, I should have sold my PS4 to you.
1: Yeah, you should have. You could have had it for, like, less than 200 bucks. Yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't, th- didn't think Ronnie. about it. Dad. I sorry. I'm sorry. Um, right. I think PS4s are probably getting to the point where I could find a used one that's not yeah. a budget breaker for me.
0: Yeah. It's just, I mean, another reason I sold the Xbox was just realizing also getting married, I'm not going to have time yep. to have more than one system. So, like, Kara yep. plays the Switch probably more than I do, and I'm on the PS4. When yeah. we're playing stuff, so same here. Um, But yeah, anyway, uh, the the characters, the world building, the story, so all, that, all that stuff, I love a lot. The gameplay, um, again, I can't. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to not be spoilery, but still give like a, a comprehensive like idea of of what I think about it. It's more methodical than the old uh, God of War games. Uh, you have uh, something called a Leviathan Axe instead of like your your. Chains of Fate that were seared to your forearms in the last games that you could swing around widely, just do crowd control stuff. This one is much more focused on, like, single combat, the enemy in front of you. Um There are some situations that, that test that, but the camera is pulled in very close to your back rather than the old God of War games where it was a fixed camera angle from, like, high above, and you could see everyone around you. And so what you lose in, like, dynamic camera movements and, like, sweeping big gestures is... um you gain in, like, intimacy, which is a weird word when you're tearing people apart with your bare hands. But for a character whose past is, you know, dominated by brutality, like, intimacy and and the violence is kind of an important character thing. Um, So, you know, when you're a punching guy in the head over and over, and then, like, uh, probably the worst... There's executions in the game. Probably the worst one is when you're fighting certain werewolf-type creatures, you grab them by the back of the neck, and then with your other hand, you grab the bottom of their jaw... And you rip the whole like front side of their body off. Like starting at the jaw all the way down, like through their torso, you just rip like the front sheet of like skin eee. off their body. Yeah, it's it's pretty gross it's and brutal. the fact that it's so much closer into the camera is, is pretty bad, but um Oh I can't I can't believe I haven't mentioned this yet. The entire game is in one camera shot. The camera never cuts, which doesn't sound all that impressive but when you think about you know this is like a 30-hour game playing all the way through um like making that fun first of all to not like have to trudge everywhere um but to use it to their benefit in that like that probably the best way that they do it in that kratos is a character who is always like i said blamed others and is not comfortable with his emotions but like when something emotional to him happens you can't just cut away and come back later like you were with him with him through the whole thing and the camera will stop and look at his face and you can see what he's feeling and there's no getting away from those painful emotions or painful moments it's like you you've got to stay here with him which i think something again again i think really builds
1: intimacy with the characters does it give it like a sense a sense of like urgency or expectancy like it's always moving and progressing there's there's not much time because it's you know you're always with them yeah like stories that cut away you're like there's there could be an indefinite amount of time that passed right but this one is like always constantly moving right
0: i mean it's the the game starts this isn't a spoiler because the game starts this way but it starts with the death of his wife and and your your kid's mother um like you cutting down a tree to uh put on her funeral pyre, and you're you're trying to take her ashes up to the the highest mountain in like all the realms, and so the game is just the journey of you fulfilling your wife's last wish um and then things keep getting thrown in your way um but I think having it one one cut always keeps in mind when games cut around a lot it's easy to forget like what the end goal is it's just scene to scene to scene to scene when it's. Like one through line, one cut the entire time. it's easy to remember like why are we doing this, and then it's always like, "Oh, yeah, it just continues and then continues and continues and never cuts um it's easier to it's easier to feel the urgency like you said of of what's happening um but yeah, just just to just to wrap up real quick with the gameplay which which is a weird thing to wrap up with in a God of War game because that's usually what they excel at um, I would also say this one has excellent gameplay. It's just kind of dwarfed by, in my opinion, the story and the characters because that's what I love. But the gameplay is more methodical. The coolest part about it is that that your axe pretty much acts as Thor's hammer. And so you can throw it anywhere. And at any time, just press the triangle button and Kratos without looking at it will just hold his arm out and you'll hear like... And just like, it'll just snap to his hand. But you use that in combat. You use that in puzzles. And it has just like the most satisfying sound. And just feel. And like controller vibration. Like they use several different controller vibrations. So you can feel the axe getting closer. And once it like snaps into your hand. It's like that. It's just a great feeling. Um, But it actually has like uh, some light RPG elements. Like you can craft different kinds of armor. Or upgrades for your weapon. um, Or uh, like different like spells and things like that. But probably the coolest aspect of the gameplay is. uh, You have a sun button. If you press square, your son will shoot an arrow, or if you hold it, he'll cast one of his spells. Um, but like as their relationship grows and changes, like they use that for story reasons and for gameplay reasons. Like the stronger the kid gets, the more you're you're tapping square to like juggle an enemy with arrows. Yeah. Um, but there's also parts early on in the game and some later on where like you press the button and he doesn't respond. Which is, a, which is a gameplay thing, but it ties back into the characters and the story. It's like, well, why is he not listening to me right now? Or why is he doing his own thing? Um, which I think is really cool and is frustrating from a gameplay point of view, but I think reinforces it on the story point of view. So I, I will always give,
1: you give grace for, for
0: the story rather than... Yeah, because yeah, it should be frustrating. That's what yeah. that's what Kratos is feeling. But yeah, uh, we, we've we almost come on 20 minutes here, but yeah. I, I mean, I love the game and I... I want to do like an in-depth spoiler cast with it. Just there's so much I can't talk about because a lot of the game is written into reveals and, and just the flow of the story, but God, we'll do a bonus
1: episode or something at one point.
0: I'd love to do that. I can just, let's play,
1: let's play. I can just,
0: uh, dump all that on you.
1: Yeah. Ew, gross.
0: Sorry. Don't dump Uh, on me. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and then we will, we will be back with your topic. We just worked out. I can't talk. (laughs) Hey friends, welcome back. Gary, you
1: have a delightful topic for us. <laughs> delightful. So you just asked me what have I been uh, reading or watching or playing, and I have <clears throat> actually been rereading my my semester of school just ended, so I have more time to read <laughs> and stuff. And uh, so I went from reading uh, some like stodgy old uh, like. Heavy, heavy, and heady books to uh, back to reading some comic books, the real important stuff. Here. I know, right? The where, where my origins were. Actually, I never, I never really read comic books when I was a little kid. Whenever I had like my flashlight in the bed, I was always reading the illustrated classics. Yeah, do you remember those? Yes. The like the white with the, it was like a white book with the red lettering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I I went back to reading uh, the old. Scarlet Spider run, yeah. That's kind of confusing to say because you say Scarlet Spider, and everyone's mind goes to Ben Riley. Yeah, so the 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 clone of a Peter Parker that wore the the blue the blue hoodie. Talking about the Kane one, right? I'm talking about Kane. Yeah, Kane Kane was Kane also came from a clone of Peter Parker uh, made by the Jackal, but yeah. he was kind of messed up, and he was used as an assassin. He was a murderer. Mm. And so the Scarlet Spider story itself, that all occurred at Spider Island during the, the, the clone. Oh, well, naturally. Yeah, the cl- so who can yeah, forget about yeah, Spider Island? Right. The whole clone saga, which I haven't actually read. I don't know if I'm actually ever going It's to.
0: It's super confusing from what I've heard.
1: I, I imagine it is. Yeah. There's too, too many Spider-Men. <laughs>
0: but uh, Scarlet too, Spider takes place in Houston, right? Too
1: many Spider-Mans. Yeah. Scarlet Spider actually takes place in Houston because he leaves New York City and is on his way to Mexico course stops in Houston and encounters some issues here and so decides to stay yeah um, it's actually all predicated around he the the first thing he does in Houston is he's at a bar and he like over here someone talking about a, a what he assumes is like a drug drop yeah someone's paying for a delivery down at the port of Houston and he stops that and steals the money so you know, he's funded for a while that's kind of the easy way to explain how yeah. he's able to do some things um, but what he finds instead is dead bodies. So the implication was these were, um, uh, I think it was all women. It was women you know, who were going to be trafficked through Houston. Yeah. That's one of the big issues in our city.
0: Yeah, to get real for a second, like <laughs> yeah. human trafficking, that for I-45 real. corridor is a huge issue yeah. uh, in our area. For
1: those who don't know, Houston is the port in the U.S. It's like the, the biggest port, I think, outside of New York. I think it might be the biggest uh, import location. I think it more goes out of New York, but I think mm-hmm. more comes in through Houston. And its location, you know, close to the close to the border, huge port, major highways that cross, you know, I ten crosses California to to Florida, um, makes it a, a big trafficking area. But anyway, he he finds a trafficking victim and, and saves her, and kind of that keeps him in Houston for a while. And, and so he deals with Houston. So it's really interesting to see. One, it's interesting to see your city. Yeah. You know, like, Houston never has a, a superhero. So, like, he shows up at your school, your of yeah. and
0: One of the first issues, he's, like, swinging by the library, where I literally went to study every day, because I, I went to the University of Houston. And he's right by the MD Anderson Library. And I'm like, this is so many kinds of weird. <laughs> and it, it, was, it was so real to the point of it almost took me out of it, because I'm like, these are worlds that shouldn't be colliding right, right. now. It reminds me of... Uh, you know, in Spider-Man: Homecoming, when he's running out to the backyard and then just shoots his web like into the yard because there's no buildings there. Mm-hmm. That's what Spider-Man in Houston makes me think of.
1: Well, that's one of the first epi- one of the first episodes, one of the first issues. He's swinging because he he stays in downtown and he's yeah. swinging and he just runs out yeah. out of buildings. He's like, where are all the buildings? You know, Houston is, I think, by land is the might be the biggest city in America by yeah. like land mass, right? but it's it's just so so spread out. (laughs) It's not like, but there aren't
0: many tall buildings. Like you've got, um, like downtown Houston, which is like a few blocks. And then the rest of it is just so spread out between our, our many beltways and highways. and
1: there is, We do live in a swamp, and so it's hard to build tall right. buildings.
0: And he, I mean, one of the first few issues, I remember him talking about, like, it's so freaking humid here. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: was like, yeah, we, we get you, man. He's like, it's like 7 a.m. He's out. He's like, I'm already sweating. Yeah. What is wrong with this place? So I, I think that whoever wrote it um, probably spent time in Houston. Because there's even things like he alludes to... Uh, like, different neighborhoods around and yeah. kind of what they're known for. So, like, at, a cer- at certain points, Kane goes looking for different gangs, mm-hmm. and he places them in the correct neighborhood where that gang would be. Yeah. And small things, like he calls Greens Point, Guns Point, which Houstonians call Greens Point, yeah. Guns Point.
0: And he doesn't go into River Oaks because he is not welcome there.
1: Yeah. River <laughs> Oaks is referenced. They go, <laughs> of course, like... It, River Oaks is where they is. By the way, it's one of the wealthiest right. uh, neighborhoods in the country, and he only goes there because he's trying to interrogate, like the CEO of an oil, yeah. company or something. Um, and there's a uh, there's a, a a gay couple, and they live in Montrose.
0: Yeah, that's the gay district of Houston.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like they, things like that, like they place them right. Then there's sometimes the art is is wrong though. Like there, there'll be mountains in the background. It's like there's no mountains <laughs> around here. Uh, that's a but, big
0: hill, huh? That's a big hill. That's about all we got.
1: Yeah, that's all. Very all flat. Have. You have to go further west Texas to find mountains. Yeah, uh, but it's it's always it's it's an interesting reread. Uh, it's not. I enjoy it. Um, it's not the best book, I would say. Uh, it is interesting to see, you know, a superhero. He he goes from like not being a hero at all to kind of being an anti-hero to being a hero, and like that's not the most original story, but it's, it's always kind of fun to see, you know, what are his motivations uh, in staying. Yeah. Uh, one disappointing thing that I know is coming is that I don't feel like the book ever really resolved. It was uh, it was parlayed into. Um, I think the new Avengers. Okay. Or or uh not the new Avengers. It's a it's a new class of 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 heroes. Um and then that book ended. So Scarlet spider never really had an end. I actually don't know.
0: That's unsatisfying.
1: Yeah, what's up with the the character now? Um but it is is enjoyable. There's yeah. uh, some good uh characterizations and stuff. It is it is a I think a different Look, there are, there are times – my two, like, consistent complaints is there are times where he's, like, overly edgy and, like, says – Like, he is – he's not Spider-Man. He's the opposite of Spider-Man. You know, very yeah surly and doesn't want to be uh, a hero and really struggles with, with anger and stuff a lot more than Peter Parker ever would. And Peter Parker always does the right thing. That's it. like, yeah. always does what's right, even when he's alone. Kane is always like, I could leave. That's always in the back of his mind. Like I could leave and no one would know. Yep. Um, So that's uh, sometimes he like kind of feels overly edgy, like especially when he's like threatening someone. It's like oh, you (laughs) just really just say that intimidation mode. Yeah.
0: So let me ask you this: Uh, Which Marvel or DC hero would most fit in Houston? Who would you want here? Most fit? Yeah. Who would do the most good in this neighborhood?
1: It Probably needs to either be someone who's really fast or can fly,
0: that's true because it's so spread out, yeah, yeah,
1: um, or someone who could surveillance it well. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, we consider ourselves part of the, the greater Houston area, and we're like 30 to 40 minutes from downtown, which is how spread
1: out this place is. And that's we'd still be on the south side, mm-hmm. the, yeah, you could drive two hours and still be in Houston, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, uh, growing up in Houston, like our, our sense of time and distance is askew. Uh, yeah. And people in other cities, like if you say you're going to go to a restaurant 30 minutes away and it's still in your city, they would just like, be like, you're crazy. What is? What is yeah. <laughs> that's not in your right. city.
0: And the, the other issue that, that comes with is uh, just we have a horrid infrastructure for public transportation. Like we've got yeah. some park and ride buses, but like we don't have a subway. Uh, we don't have um, any kind of... Well, we have some rail cars, but they keep hitting people, um, and just driving around Houston. I mean, I'm I'm not a city driver because I always grew up in the in the southeast suburbs of of the greater Houston area. But it is so frustrating to drive inside the city, because um, everything is a one way. First of all, but I feel like things aren't named very well, and the roads don't really make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've been to San Francisco, I've been to New York, and just their their grid systems on their street seem to be just. They seem to make a lot more sense, for one. It's just easier to get around.
1: Houston is like the, the Wild West because we were... <clears throat> my wife and I went to a restaurant on uh, in Edo, which, east downtown. Yeah. Uh, the southeast side of, of downtown Houston. And Houston doesn't have zoning laws. And so a zoning, zoning laws say, you know, in this area of town, this happens. So in this area of town, it's residential. This area of town is industrial. This is... Uh, this is a commercial like retail and stuff and houston doesn't have that yeah so that's why you you drive down like a neighborhood oh there's a warehouse here there's a restaurant here Uh, another house apartment complex it's so it's weird you're like where am i right (laughs) i mean we have like
0: we have a theater district and a museum district but there's like one of each in both places so i mean it's it's less of a district and more just there's a theater here yeah I like, go oh, there's the there's the hobby center there's there's jones Hall well, there's like, several theaters there yeah just it's and several museums. It's just not I don't feel like I'm gonna go to a bunch of museums today. I feel like there's just i don't know I feel like there's not a whole lot to do up there we We have one of the best medical centers in the world, but um so back yeah. to your
1: question, I think Iron Man would be the perfect superhero for Houston, yeah. Flying, you know, flying surveillance uh, would fit in, you know, with the technology and energy side yeah. of Houston and do well there.
0: I feel like he would want to protect oil interests, <laughs> which would be <laughs> useful in this area. Well, I mean, if he's in, if he's into energy, well, if he's into clean energy, he may just want to destroy all the oil interests around
1: here. Well, I mean, Houston, uh, Houston is an oil and gas city, but yeah. there, you know, those companies also do, I think, uh, interest uh, research into other means. Yeah.
0: I uh, mean there's not a there's not a big media presence down here but I think probably more than half of my friends are engineers. There's so yeah. many plants and things like that around here.
1: Oh yeah. Also aerospace engineering down yeah, here. Cuz we got NASA, NASA. So that that's a everyone
0: in the I have already used that phrase today. A lot of people work for for NASA around here.
1: That's another thing. I I I grew up 10 minutes from mission control. <laughs> and I never thought about that. Until, you know, we have other friends who, who move here and stuff or you go to college and you know, talk to people. I and, mean, you know, Clear Lake is where Clear Lake was annexed by Houston because it has the space and yeah. has mission control. Uh, you know, you never really think like, I drove by it all the time. You know, there's there's a there's a cow field behind it with longhorns. And then you see the shuttle <laughs> <laughs> and where the astronauts train and mission control is in there. And you never really like, think about it. You drive by it all the time. It's like, oh yeah, people move here because of that, and like that was a big deal. Like those the people in there communicate with space. It didn't really connect with me until I was in a small group, and my small group was like was like, yeah, I. Uh, or we were like getting to know each other. And He was like, yeah, I work at NASA. I was like, oh, what do you do? He's like, oh, I control the robotic arm of the uh, of the ISS, the International Space Station. I was like, wait, what? What is happening? It's Like, oh yeah. This is where this is where we live.
0: Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people when they think. I mean, when I think of like New Yorkers, what I think of is a stereotypical thing of you know people not exactly having time to be polite or you know great pizza. I think the stereotypical things you think about when you don't live somewhere. Uh, I think a lot of people think about Texas as like the cowboy state or the really southern state. Uh, I feel like we are much less deep south than somewhere like Alabama or Tennessee or or Georgia. Yeah, uh,
1: Texas. Well, at least this area of Texas is not really the South,
0: right? I mean, there's plenty of, in West and East Texas. There's plenty of that, yeah. but yeah, I, I've never really felt like we fit that stereotype.
1: Yeah, and I would you know you hear that, and then you also hear like Bible Belt stereotypes. And while Houston does have a ton of mega churches and stuff like that, I never necessarily felt like it was right Bible Belt ish. Especially like it, it's it's weird. It's a I, I feel like Houston's too intercultural. Yeah, multinational to have and transplant. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how many people here were like are like second generation or actually grew up here, but they come here. You know, whether it's oil and gas, whether it's right. aerospace, whatever it is, you know, people come from all over to be um, here, and so it's hard to medical kind of, field as well, right? Medical field, it's kind of hard to nail down. Like, what is the culture of the city? Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, <laughs> like University of Houston is like I think we were voted like one of the most diverse campuses like in the country mm-hmm. um so a, a lot of a lot of very interesting things about houston which i guess we kind of got off topic from scarlet spider here I but saw
1: somewhere u of h was ranked as one of the most beautiful campuses that ain't the right. nation. i was like i no. i like u of h but yeah no. <laughs> i mean i i love my school
0: one of the issues i had with it is because it was growing so fast it was the college of perpetual construction and that, like, I had to find a yeah. different route. I like, I, I went to the same yeah. building, so I was in communications, but I had to find a different route to class every day because there was always construction. Roads were always changed. Sidewalks were always changed, and so like, you never had a, a beautiful sight line right. of the campus because there was always an orange cones somewhere. Which, which, I mean, that's a price of progress, but it, it was a little bit of a bummer.
1: Although it has kind of paid off at Tedeku, you know, your 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 new stadium. Yeah. If you sit on the right side. And the sun's going down and you have, you know, the view of downtown. That's a pretty cool view.
0: Yeah. I like our stadium a lot.
1: Oh, I always heard nightmares of, of U of H students and parking. Oh, dear I, didn't, I never really had that. Yeah. It issue. got so
0: bad to where I tried not to have classes on Tuesdays or Thursdays mm. because it was, it would add two hours to my day every day, finding a spot and then getting yeah. out of the campus. So I was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday kind of guy.
1: The uh, one thing I like, Starlight Spider does hit on like one of the, one of the first like superhero quote-unquote encounters he has is he stops a car from hitting this old lady and he like trashes the car and the dude gets like thrown out from it. he's like bleeding out on the street and like all the people are like running to to help the 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 car crash victim the guy who was was about to actually kill this lady and he's like i it's almost like this moment of like i'm dressed as a superhero and i just did this and there's not the attention not on me like they're trying to Help this person. He's like, I mean, Houston, go figure. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I remember them being very complimentary towards the Houston. It is, but it's also I feel like it is balanced because it points out some like the the dark side of Houston, yeah. like the trafficking. Um, I, he talks about like the brothels and stuff that operate out of the back of uh, nail salons and m- massage parlors, and yeah, um, how that's controlled, and even like the greed side of. Oil and gas, but I never feel like it's like overly done. Like anyone right. in this field is evil. It's uh, you know people at the top can be mm-hmm. can be greedy. Yeah, and that's fair. There's dark sides of you any know. industry. Um, mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, I was, I was trying to figure out a way to group this entire podcast together, Gary, because we kind of hit a, a range of topics. <laughs> I think what I, we can take I meant to
1: the- to parlay this into the discussion about. Uh, digital comics oh, and yeah. uh like rental services, but I think we're out of time we can for save that. That we'll for we'll talk time. about it soon what I think
0: we can bring this all together with is the importance of setting in a story mm. it's something we don't think about very often, but uh it colors almost everything that that you do and that you can tell in a story so right uh very important, and I think something that needs to be discussed more
1: often um well yeah, yeah that's pretty much our show any any you know great epic has to have a great setting. Very much so. It's always true. This Star podcast
0: Wars, has a great setting today means. in your conservatory.
1: Yep. See, we've come full circle. In my little, my little music room. <laughs> well, thank my, you. My, with my futon couch and.
0: It's beautiful. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to downplay and it. Some guitars. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Uh, this has been Non Cultured. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, we are at Non Cultured Pod. We should probably update that account at some point uh but our actual twitter accounts are more active i am at ronnie underscore barrier uh and gary is at vander you can also find us at nonculture.net we've got written material we've got our podcast we've got funny blurbs about who we are that i may have written both of ours um i sent gary's to his and his uh, you don't have to change anything about that that it's perfect that just says who i am um but yeah uh please send us questions on there uh Uh, let us know if you like our podcast, rate us on iTunes, uh, review us. That actually really helps us uh, shoot to the top so more people can listen to this amazing product that we have called our own. Um, (laughs) And a little baby. And we will be, be back with our next episode very soon. Bye.